Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or reach out via the app chat if you want to be part of the conversation. A happy Louisiana qualifying day to all those who celebrate. We have a lot of candidates who have signed up for our statewide races, also a number who have signed up for local races. But I want to talk about the statewide one because we already have some drama. The governor's candidates are starting to fill in. Now, only a handful of them uh, jumped in today. Three of the seven main candidates qualified today. John Schroeder, Hunter Lundy, and Sean Wilson. And already there are fireworks. This is from Greg Hilburn with the USA Today Network. Louisiana's major governor candidates began taking the gloves off for the October 14th primary election with independent Hunter Lundy, a Republican treasurer, John Schroeder, and Democratic former Transportation Secretary Sean Wilson officially signing up on the first day of qualifying. Uh, Schroeder said Tuesday the campaign just officially started today. Lundy said, if you want more of the past, then vote for the top cop, who is Landry, the road builder with the worst roads in the nation, Wilson, or the Bobby Jindal protege, Stephen Wagaspak. Schroeder, meanwhile, said the Louisiana capital is drenched in, quote, corruption and cronyism, and then took some shots at Jeff Landry. He's an antagonistic bully, Schroeder said. He's come after me. That's all right. I can handle it. I don't like him coming after people who can't handle it. Wilson said, I'm a bridge builder, not a bridge burner. We did the work of the last five or six legislatures. The Bible teaches us to turn the other cheek. I have two. After that, we'll have to fight, he said. Ladies and gentlemen, the campaign has begun. I mean, it began a while back as the candidates started jumping in. But now with qualifying, it has begun. What's also interesting here is that Jeff Landry is getting attacked for not not qualifying today and for saying he's not going to take questions from reporters at the Secretary of State's office. Now, traditionally, a candidate goes and they qualify in Baton Rouge for a statewide office, then they take questions from the media. Reporters go and camp out all day. They ask questions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Jeff Landry has said he's not going to do that. He's, he told the media, come to his, uh, his qualifying party tomorrow night, and he'll talk to him there. And uh, Julio Donahue with The Illuminator, which is a left-leaning org- uh, news outlet in Louisiana, uh, This is unusual. Candidates routinely take questions from the media immediately after they have qualified to run for office. As I said before, this is another way in which Landry doesn't want to be treated like everyone else running for elected office. Who cares? Nobody cares. Jeff Landry's going to do his own thing. We've seen that people doing their own thing doesn't hurt them. Jeff Landry is already endorsed by the state party He has a seemingly insurmountable lead in the polling so far. There's still two months to go. And 
there's no one really catching up on the Republican side. He is, for all intents and purposes, the presumed Republican candidate. Now, things can change. But Jeff Landry doesn't have to bow down to meet the media's demands of talking to them after the Secretary of State's, uh, after he qualifies as the Secretary of State's office. You can bet some reporters will be there when he goes in to qualify, and they will try to ask him questions, and he will ignore them. As, frankly, a lot more politicians should do. But this plays into the larger thing that we've seen nationally. A lot of reporters get really offended when they don't get access to a candidate. They feel it's their God-given right to be able to talk to a politician, and it's not. It is not. The journalism does, a journalist doesn't have the right to talk to a politician. A journalist has the right to the freedom of the press. The government cannot restrict them, but a candidate doesn't have to talk to them. A politician doesn't have to talk to them. But the media feels incredibly entitled. Julie O'Donohue has been a leftist reporter since time immemorial. And once again, she is offended because Jeff Landry doesn't want to talk to the media in the traditional sense. If they want to go to his qualifying party, they're more than welcome to. Do I agree with Landry's decision? I don't know. Does he have the right to do that? Absolutely. Does a journalist have a right to speak to them at the Secretary of State's office tomorrow? Absolutely not. Now, we've got a handful handful more candidates that are supposed to sign up. Wags, Landry, uh, Hewitt, and Nelson. They are supposed to join in as well. Now, as far as the other statewide races, we've got a handful of qualifiers in the Secretary of State's office uh, uh, race, I think is going to be an interesting one. There are actually a lot of names that are in there right now. Um, Nancy Landry, who uh, works for Kyle Ardwen, is uh, applying to run or has qualified to run for Secretary of State because Ardwen is not running for re-election. You have Clay Schecksneider, who has also qualified for the Secretary of State's race, and Brandon Trosclair uh, has qualified for that race as well. You also have, let's see, I think a couple of Democrats have jumped in. Let me see. Uh, I know I saw some. Yep, Gwen Collins-Greenup, who ran against Kyle Ardwin twice, has qualified for it. And there is another candidate who, uh, who signed up to run, I thought. Maybe not. Oh, yes, Mike Francis running for Secretary of State as well. So you've got four Republicans, five candidates total. In the state treasurer's race, we have a few names there. The most interesting name to me is former U.S. Representative John Fleming. He actually used to be my congressman. I used to interview him fairly regularly when I was on the radio in Natchitoches. He has jumped into that race as well. Uh, Let's see. Republican State Representative Scott McKnight has jumped into that race. Let's see. Who else? Uh, Democrat Dustin Granger, uh, Granger or Granger? I'm not sure which. Um, 
being from North Louisiana, I can never actually tell because I know Granger's and I know Granger's, but I think it's Granger. Uh, let's see. The Attorney General's race, John Stefanski officially jumped in there. None guesser signed up for his reelection bid for lieutenant governor. He's drawn just one challenger so far. Uh, and two, I'm sorry, two challengers, Chester Pritchett of Redland and uh, Tammy Hotard of Madisonville. So those are the folks that are running in these statewide races. Let's see, did I miss any? Oh, yeah, insurance commissioner, one of the most boring out there. Insurance commissioner. Now you have uh, Tim Tipple, who has run against Jim Donlin. Before Donlin is stepping down, he will not be running again. So Tim Tipple, I know, is running. He qualified earlier. Uh, let's see. There was a Democratic candidate, R.D. Rich Weaver of Baton Rouge, who says he's worked in the insurance industry. Also of note, Mike Strain officially signing up for his reelection bid. I don't think he's picked up an opponent yet. So there you go. There's the state of play for our statewide races. Four more Republican candidates to qualify for governor tomorrow, and then we will be underway. Pray for all of our souls. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll take a break a little bit early here. Your thoughts, your opinions, your calls coming up next. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section, where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation, man, y'all, today was a day. So kids go back to school tomorrow. We went to open house for my kids. And my wife took off from work. I rearranged my red state schedule and my schedule here so that I could go. We kind of divided and conquered. She would go to my youngest's open house and I would go to the oldest's. About 15 minutes into open house, my wife had already brought my youngest back to me because she had to get back to work. I get a call saying that my brand new refrigerator was being delivered in 10 minutes and I was 15 minutes away from being home. Uh, Kudos to the drivers who were on a tight schedule. We managed to make it work. Uh, They got everything installed quickly. Everything works fine. But I realized a little something earlier. I'm way too excited to have purchased a new refrigerator. Now, the refrigerator we had was like 11 years old. It was it was old. There were some things wrong with it. We needed an upgrade. Uh, I did not appreciate spending the money on the refrigerator. But now that it's here, it's one of those that you like knock on the door and it like it's see-through. It lights up so you can see inside the fridge without having to open the door. But uh, I realized a little while ago that uh, there are a lot of things when you're an adult that you're excited for that as a kid, you would very much question yourself. Like, if the child version of me 
saw how excited I was that we were getting a new refrigerator. It's one of those smart refrigerators. There's an app. Everything has an app now. I can control the temperature of my refrigerator from my phone. I can control the water from my phone. But anyway, if the kid version of me saw how excited I was over a new refrigerator, the kid version of me would not be happy about the prospect of growing up. And I just realized that a lot of us are probably excited for things now that the child version of us would be very upset over. Like, as children, why did we fight against the idea of nap time? Why? Nap time is one of the greatest things in the world when you're an adult. It's the weekend. You've got nothing going on. The kids are off playing. Maybe the kids have moved out of the house for some of y'all. You've got nothing to do. It's maybe the summer. It's too hot to go outside. There's no football on. And you just sit down on the couch or you go sit in a chair or you go lay down on your bed and you just nap for an hour. Or sleep in general. Most kids don't want to go to bed. They want a later bedtime. They, they want to stay up and do more. And as adults, we have finally grown to understand that sleep is a precious commodity. If you could monetize sleep, that might fix the economy because we'd be putting a lot of value on it and trading sleep and doing what we could. But man, so many things as an adult. So I, I posted the question over on Facebook on our KPL page. What makes you excited as an adult that the child version of you would be extremely disappointed you or something like that? Like you're the, the child version of you would question why you would be so excited over this. So if you want to go to our Facebook page and answer that question, I would love to hear y'all's responses to it. All right. So day one of qualifying for elections is over state and local races. Of course, we've got a lot of races here locally this year. Uh, one of the biggest in the area is going to be the race for mayor president. There are three candidates that we know of as of now. Um, I haven't seen really any data on that. The only data I have is anecdotal, and that is just the absolute flood of campaign signs for Josh Giller, which indicates a couple things. One, support, but also two, money. You don't see a whole lot of resources being poured into the sign game for the other two candidates. Uh, so that may be an indication of some things there, but you know, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Of course, our, our local board races, we've got school board, we've got uh, city and parish council. We've got all those coming up. There's just a lot to go to the ballot for this year. And it's an off year. I mean, really off year the way Louisiana does it, but it's important to go vote. Qualifying has begun today. It's going to wrap up tomorrow. There are a lot of races that need your attention, a lot of races that will impact you and me. And the local races and even, you know, the legislative and state races to an extent, they have way more of an impact on us than the national races. And sometimes we get so caught up in the national stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about there, but we get so caught up in that that we rarely have the opportunity to really sit down and focus on the local. So find out who's registered or who's qualified to vote. Find out what they stand for and, and, and go pick yourself a candidate. Be prepared to vote in October. All right. 
That was a look at your state stuff. When we come back, we've got some national stories, including a little bit more on China and Biden's attack on uranium. We'll have that more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Uh, <laughs> had a couple of responses to uh, the the new refrigerator story. So if y'all miss, if y'all are just tuning in, uh, mentioned in the last segment, bought a new refrigerator, and I'm almost kind of ashamed of myself for how excited I am over the fact that we have a new refrigerator. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Billy's in the message uh, calling me fancy with my new icebox, which I feel really fancy. It's a very fancy one. It's It's got an app. It's got a, it's, it's a smart fridge, everything. Uh, and then Mike and bro, I, I said his name. I'm not sure if I should have given his message. But he said the, the description of absolute joy to him is when whatever plans his wife has made get canceled, which I can agree with wholeheartedly. Actually, I that that is a spot on, uh, that is a spot on description of joy, and it's not just like plans my wife has made. It's just plans in general. Like sometimes I I'm I'm looking forward to something, and then all of a sudden I'm not, and I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything, and these plans are just there. And if the plans get canceled, it's like a little bit of celebration on the inside, you know. All right. So we do have a caller on line. Before I jump to the next subject, let's go ahead and take the call. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Oh, hello. Hey, welcome to the air. Hey, how's it going? Doing so good. You're talking about being excited over new appliances and everything. Um, look, the greatest day of my life is when I found out that they made oh, wait, you, trailer you, homes that don't have dishwashers or anything. Oh, wait, say that again. You cut out like right as you got to what you were saying. Oh, I was saying I, the greatest day of my life is when I found out that they had portable dishwashers. What? Like apartments and stuff like that that don't have. Oh, wow. Yeah. It just sits on the countertop. It, it was great. It, they're oh, so nice. <laughs> but, oh. yeah, that was my excited moment for appliances. But, you know, and and I was kind of thinking about that when I bought it, too. I'm like, you know, if I was a kid, I, I this was something that I would just. Would never I understand. What to think about. Ne- ne- would never understand. That is actually a very exciting thing. I got excited for the countertop ice maker that we got because the ice maker in my old fridge broke. And this one makes those little bullet-shaped, oh, yeah. uh, those uh, I say bullet-shaped, but, you know, those kind of cone-like uh, ice. I wish I could afford one that makes the crushed ice like Sonic. I, that's Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my favorite kind of ice. And that those are expensive. It is expensive to get that kind of ice. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and yet you can get it so cheap from Sonic, but but like we got excited for the countertop I, the countertop ice maker. I got really excited for my new coffee maker, which has its own little built in milk frother to it, so I can feel fancy, like I'm making a Starbucks drink without the Starbucks prices. Oh yep, I, I know which one you're talking about. We got the uh, portable icy machine or whatever it is. That's, yeah, that's one thing that we also got as well. 
So oh, it was man. like all these cool appliances that are coming out are actually really awesome. But I just wanted to share that with you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. You have a good one. Yep, you too, man. All right, thank you. All right, yeah, see? It's just appliances. For whatever reason, appliances will just absolutely, uh, that, that'll do it for us. That, that, that brings us as much joy as anything else. Now, I really, and this is not, like, as a kid, maybe I would enjoy this, although not as much as an adult. I really want a new grill. I really want a pellet grill. I want, I've been researching it. I bought the fridge, so my grill plans are being pushed back. I still have my Weber kettle grill that I, I love and I, I, I cook burgers on all the time. I've got a, a vertical offset smoker that I haven't used in a while. I need to pull it back out, especially when it gets cooler and I can actually stand to be outside while something is smoking. Uh, grilling right now is just absolutely a miserable experience. But I really want a pellet grill, one of those kind of you know set it and forget it type smoking setups. Um, I love the smoker I have. I will still use it. I love the grill I have, and I'll still use it. But, man, I, I really want a pellet grill. Anyway, Moving on because we have actual real news to talk about today. I have two stories that I want to put together, if you'll let me. The first is a story that came out earlier today. Joe Biden has designated the Baj Nwavho Atakukveni Grand Canyon National Monument Tuesday in Arizona. I probably butchered that pronunciation, and I'm sorry. But... A Grand Canyon National Monument, a specific area, almost one million acres of uranium-rich land, and he's designated it a national monument, which means, which means one of those alternative energy sources, Biden's just taken off the board for us. The environmentalists don't like Uranium, it's the cleanest energy that we could possibly have, save for the renewable ones in wind and solar. But the problem with wind and solar is they rely on things that aren't always there. And we don't have the battery capacity to store the energy for when those things aren't there. We don't have the technology to long-term store that energy from wind and solar. So uranium is actually one of the cleanest energy sources we have. But by naming, by the, the Department of Interior officially designating this area of uranium-rich land as a national monument, you can't get to that uranium anymore. The uranium deposits of northern Arizona, according to Energy Fuel uh, Resources, the operator of the region's sole active uranium mine, the uranium deposits of northern Arizona are geologically unique. They are very high-grade, close to the surface, and require very little land area to mine. As a result, they are among the lowest cost and lowest impact sources of uranium in the United States, making them national clean energy assets. But, but the Biden administration has effectively sealed that land off. I mentioned this alongside another story. Yesterday, and for the past couple days, I've talked a lot about China. And I'm going to keep talking about China. Chinese exports and imports are plummeting. China is going through rapid deflation. 
the Chinese army is far from rebounding. It's the second largest in the world, and it's preparing for a full-scale economic war with the West. I've been telling you this for the past couple shows. We have a whole list of actions that the Chinese government has taken against the U.S., hostile actions, and it looks more and more like the Chinese are trying to stop us in our tracks before we can get involved with their upcoming conflict with Taiwan, and they're trying to beat us economically so that their economic losses aren't so bad. Here's where the two stories meet. Polysilicon, a chemical compound used in solar panels, is mined in China's Qingjiang province. It's mined through the slave labor of the Muslim minority Uyghur population. Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, which is not an Inflation Reduction Act, but is instead a Green New Deal Act, aimed to fix this by purging supply chains. But it hasn't been successful. From the Financial Times, when you dig deeper, you realize that the IRA specifications for things like modules or solar battery cells don't account for the fact that nearly all raw polysilicon is traded as a commodity on the global market and thus not identified by origin, but it's made in China. Much of it is in Qiangjiang, which means that there's hardly any solar panel in the U.S. or pretty much anywhere else that's clean, not to mention made completely with fair labor practices given the dominance of China in the market. In other words, the environmental movement in the United States Will is trying to make sure that we don't touch uranium and touch nuclear energy as a clean energy option. But they're willing to subsidize slave labor in China to meet our green energy goals. It is far and away a problem. For the United States, right now, gas prices are continuing to trend up. Gas prices are continuing to trend upward nationally. What we're seeing is the result of American energy independence just going away. And when Saudi Arabia says we're going to continue to cut oil production, we're going to make sure it's a million barrels of oil lower than where it could be, that causes oil prices to go up. We're paying higher prices than really we should be right now. We're paying higher prices than we were before Donald Trump got into office, um, before Joe Biden got into office. While Donald Trump was in office, we were largely energy independent. Our gas prices were really low. Our economy was really doing a whole lot better. But it's not now. We're paying higher gas prices because Joe Biden came into office vowing to put his boot on the throat of the oil and gas industry 
cut them off where they could, and push for a green agenda that is simply not ready for prime time. What's more, the push for green energy in the U.S. is directly subsidizing the Chinese Communist Party and Chinese slavery. Again, lithium, a lot of the elements and minerals that we need in order to create the batteries for electric vehicles, a lot of that comes from China because the environmentalists damn sure won't let us drill for it here. The polysilicon that is needed for our solar panels, made in China, developed in China, developed in a region that uses slave labor. Our green energy initiatives fund China, who is actively working against the U.S. and its interests. And yet the Biden administration doesn't seem to see that as a problem. And I know, I know I've harped on China and the threat of China as a geopolitical foe for the last few days in a row. I get it, but it's really important for people to understand. Now, granted, I know y'all understand. I know most of y'all understand the threat that China poses to us. But it's, we're learning every day. We're getting new information every day of just what kind of threat China is. China and its allies are pushing propaganda through progressive activist groups in America and throughout the West. China left military, uh, left a virus in our military systems that if it were active could shut down military response in the event of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. China is buying information from U.S. sailors. Thankfully, those two were arrested they were buying information from U.S. sailors about American maneuvers in the Pacific and the location and schematics of a radar array in Japan. It is incredibly serious, the threat that China poses right now. And instead of taking that threat seriously, the Biden administration wants to subsidize it. Remember, when Joe Biden emptied out our strategic petroleum reserve, which he still has not refilled, a portion of that oil went to the Chinese. And Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm coordinated, let China know about the SPR release before it happened, coordinated with China about it. This is not an administration that is taking threats to the United States seriously, and they need to, or they need to get the hell out of the way. All right, let's take our final break of the day. Your thoughts, your calls, your messages, everything like that, 232-1542 or through the KPL app. We'll be back in just a sec. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them, but I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, go to your podcast app wherever you're listening to this from and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 
if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, I was looking at the app chat. And I noticed a message from this morning. I have no idea what the context was because I was super busy this morning. But the message just says, Rob Manus sucks. I don't want the context. That's a great message. <laughs> so I, I had gotten to know Rob Manus when he was first running for the Senate against Mary Landrieu and Bill Cassidy. And at the time, Manus was a pretty cool guy. There's just something happened along the way, and I'm not sure what, but he's taken some very odd positions, and I, I just cannot, I, I can't, I, I can't support a lot of that anymore. So whatever happened to him just happened. Um, Mike, Trump had a much better policy on China. Do you think at least some voters will remember that? That's on the KPL app chat. So, Mike, yes and no. A lot of Trump's supporters will remember that he was tough on China. A lot of people who were Trump skeptical are going to remember that it was largely about tariffs. And a lot of American voters are questionable at best on tariffs because tariffs ultimately do impact the American consumer more than the businesses or the countries they're meant to affect. I, do, I think that. You know, he talked he talked a great game against China. He targeted China on the fentanyl stuff, which was good, but in the process kind of ignored. Uh, um, I'm, no, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, the the Trump administration, when it came to fentanyl, focused on China. Which was good. I think there was some some there's some toughness about China that people will remember. I'm just, there's so much noise on the Trump stuff right now in general, though. I'm not sure what people are going to remember as much from the previous administrations, what they remember from right now, which is all the legal stuff, some of it causing people to rally to Trump, some people causing it to question. There are, there's some polling data. I don't have the poll in front of me right now, but there's some polling data that suggests most middle of the road voters and even dipping into either lane on the Democrat and Republican side. There's some data out there suggesting just a, a lot of Trump exhaustion. The media is pushing the Trump stuff so much that whether you are for or against Trump, people are just tired of hearing about it, but journalists keep on pursuing it and it's just causing a lot of burnout right now. And I have no idea how that ultimately affects the Republican primary. That's it for me for the day. Ran out of time. You guys have a great day. I'll be back in 23 hours. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. I got some emails yesterday. I know that the uh, podcast didn't go up yesterday, had some technical difficulties. Today's podcast is going to go up in a matter of minutes. You can check out the podcast by going to wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, or you can go to my Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Sign up there to get the daily emails, and you can listen to the podcast version of this show there as well. You've got another Best of Shannon is offside today. Shannon will be back tomorrow, but a Best of coming up next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You guys have a great one.